You're a visionary. You know all is possible in the NFT world, and I welcome you to Freedom with NFTs. I'm Lauren Turton, and in each episode of Freedom with NFTs, I interview NFT gurus who share their experiences, strategies, tools, and tips so you can dive even deeper into creating your own freedom with NFTs. New episodes drop every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So hit subscribe so you can stay dialed in to freedom with NFTs. On today's episode of Freedom with NFTs, I am honored to have Jason Morales with us. Jason is a single father with over 17 years of experience in higher technology. He is also an Ethereum cryptocurrency miner and NFT artist. Jason also has a company called Nova Jade Cosmetics, and currently he is integrating that company and other pieces of his original work outside of art into NFTs. Jason lives in Clarksville, Tennessee, and he owns and operates Nova Jade's Cosmetics by himself. He's also building an anti-aging skincare company so that his four-year-old daughter can inherit. Jason likes to trade different assets such as stock options, cryptocurrency, and NFTs, and has been a trader since 2008. Jason is also an artist in many categories such as painting, poetry, digital art, and clothing design. And he is in the process of converting most of his work into the NFT space, since it is an early opportunity for artists to take an advantage of. The community is still fairly small, like it was back in the early days of the internet. So Jason is helping other artists and business owners convert into this space to help them understand the complex terms that most outsiders are extremely confused about. Jason's main focus with this is to teach others how to navigate the cryptocurrency and NFT space so that they can become self-sufficient while converting their own work into NFTs or being capable of trading within this community independently. On Jason's YouTube channel called Nova Jade Cosmetics, he recently uploaded a playlist called Nova Jade Cryptocurrency and NFTs. Make sure to subscribe to his channel on YouTube. Welcome, Jason. It is an honor to have you with us today. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be on here. I am so excited to dive into this interview with you because you are a wealth of knowledge in the NFT space. So Jason, let's kick it off. Tell us about your journey in the NFT space. So last year in mid 2020, like cryptocurrency was like down right after the uh, stock market crash. And I wanted to jump in at cryptocurrency and take advantage of it while the prices were down. Like Bitcoin was probably like $6,000 a piece at that time. And while I was getting into cryptocurrency, I started noticing that there were other pathways in the cryptocurrency space to make money. And one of them was NFT. So my first journey with NFTs was actually with a, a blockchain game named Guardians Unchained. And it's a play to earn gain. So there's no startup cost or anything. So that right there intrigued me to at least try it out. Mm -hmm. And I got to understand what an NFT was by playing this game where like a lot of the game items that you would normally have in a game, you're able to take them out and they were in the form of a non-fungible token, which is an NFT. And as I got further into playing this game, I started learning more about NFTs and other spaces outside of this game, about like the market as a whole and other areas that you could access and do different things with besides just playing games. 
That's amazing. And my biggest takeaway from that was that you started to explore other pathways from the pathway that you are currently on. I think that's so important in regards to mindset to always be open to exploring new pathways. So now I want to know, since you've shared with us what an NFT is, a non-fungible token, what does that actually mean? What is a non-fungible token? So a non-fungible token is actually just data or information that is stored on a blockchain. Most NFTs are represented by a JPEG or PNG image, which usually is in the form of art. Just how like you would buy a, a, like a Mona Lisa as artwork, you can create your own individual artwork, upload it to like the digital space and then create an NFT out of it. Now, what makes this so special is that just like a Mona Lisa, there's only so many that are legitimate. So whenever you put your artwork on a blockchain, it is verified by time and date stamps and other information to being the true original copy of that piece of art or any other kind of piece that you want to represent your non-fungible token at. It's verified by blockchain data as being original to the person who uploaded it at the time they uploaded it and it's stored there forever. Okay, so Jason, what's a blockchain? Okay, so a blockchain is actually a store of data. And, and the easiest way to understand this is actually to understand cryptocurrency mining. So I actually got visual aid here. It, it's just a little box, okay? So a block is a store of data, okay? So it has a starting point, which we'll call this block zero. So at the very beginning of this block, there's no information stored on it. But as miners hook up to this block, they're actually solving a complex problem. Okay. And while they're solving this problem, this block is storing all the data with like time, how many miners are connected, what their hash rate is, all sorts of technical information. Mm -hmm. And if they solve this block in a specific time frame, they are rewarded in the form of cryptocurrency. And, and when they're rewarded at the time at this block end, all the data that was ever recorded is permanently stored in that block. And then the next block actually starts and, and they create a chain, okay? And the chain is actually connected by like the data that's in the first block is recorded on the entryway or like the doorway to the next block. And it's a repeating form of data in, in like a one-way tunnel. So it's secure. So it's not like spiderweb out in like a bunch of different areas. It's like a one-way in, one-way out kind of like tunnel data, which makes it highly secure and incorruptible. So if you want a piece of artwork to be recorded on data as being original, a blockchain would be a great place to do it at because it'll be stored at like a specific block at a specific time frame, And then every block after that will also have that information spidering into it in, in a repeat kind of fashion. So it, it's a really good place to store any kind of data, really, even if you don't have non-fungible tokens, uh, let's say like a medical record, like mm -hmm. you could store those on blockchains and they'll be there forever and they'll be easy to access because it's in a digital format. So you don't have to worry about losing it or, or any kind of hackers or anything changing the information. So where are these blocks at? These blocks are actually in digital space on servers. So like different blockchains have different servers. And like Ethereum has like their own, I would say like data server that 
has the Ethereum code on it to where the blockchain for that specific blockchain is being recorded at. So it wouldn't be the same as like Bitcoin's blockchain or XRP's blockchain. They all have, I would imagine like separate businesses. So like imagine like McDonald's and Burger King, they both sell hamburgers and fries, but they're not the same place. Okay, so you're going to get different things at different areas. So the blockchain that you're using to store things on is relevant to what you choose. So like on OpenSea, you have different options such as Polygon blockchain and Ethereum blockchain, which are two completely different blockchains that are stored in two completely different servers. Okay. And then you said another word that I know for new people in the NFT space might be confusing for them. Miners. What's a miner? So a miner is someone who practices what we call proof of work. So proof of work is actually someone who builds a miner out of computer hardware. Most of the computer hardware that's actually efficient in mining are graphics cards or what we call GPUs. And these GPUs have computing power based on like what their model is. Some of them have better computing power than others. This computing power is based in what we call hash rate. So your hash rates is your computing power that you're pushing towards these servers on blockchains. And if you have more computing power, that means you have more hash rate that you can apply to solve these uh, mathematical problems on each block. Okay. And at the time that you end up solving one of these problems with every other miner in the role that's connected at the same time, when the reward comes out in the form of cryptocurrency, it's actually split based on your computing power. So if you got a better miner than somebody else and you're hooked up at the exact same time to that same block solving it, the, the person who has more hash rate or more computing power is going to get a bigger dividend out of that cryptocurrency that's being mined. Wow. So for anyone who's entering the NFT space and they're overwhelmed by this information, what is the process for them to actually get started in NFTs? Well, getting started in NFTs takes using different tools that have to do with like internet access. So you want, you got to have internet access to a web browser. And the main feature that most people would use is a digital cryptocurrency wallet. The most common cryptocurrency wallet that people use to access NFTs is MetaMask. Okay, so if you were to go to metamask.io, it's actually just a browser extension. So if you have Chrome or, or Brave or Mozilla Firefox or other web browsers, when you have add-ons and extensions in your options, you can actually go and select MetaMask in there and it will bring uh, upon like a little extension app that is a mm -hmm. cryptocurrency wallet. You can trade cryptocurrency in and out of there, but it also gives you the ability to sign in to NFT markets such as OpenSea.io, which if you want to use OpenSea.io, you also have to have MetaMask to access that. So it's kind of like a key to end up getting into these different programs and accessing NFT markets. Okay, so step one is setting up on MetaMask. That's correct. Awesome. Thank you for that. So if I was an artist and I have this artwork that I've been doing for many years and I'm seeing NFTs, what would I actually do to create an NFT? Okay. So let's say if you had a physical piece and, and actually, for example, I did this with my daughter's work. Like all her drawings I've been collecting since she was about three years old, like crayon drawings mm -hmm. uh, were done on paper. 
but I wanted to store them on a blockchain because I know they'll be stored there forever. It's incorruptible data. And after I'm gone, they'll still be there. Okay. And, and I wanted it to be there because I know paper can be destroyed. So all I did is actually just use my scanner, like my home scanner. That's on my printer. I scanned them into a JPEG format. And then I had MetaMask linked to OpenSea. That way I could access OpenSea. Mm-hmm. And on OpenSea, you have different options on whether you want to just be a trader, which means you're buying and selling NFTs or actually creating an NFT. So you would have to go in there, make a creation account, and mm-hmm. you could upload that JPEG to the blockchain as an NFT and you could sell it. And if you didn't want to sell it, it could also be a way just to store it there forever, That kind of like a bank. Interesting. That's really helpful because I feel like I know when I started my journey in the NFT space, I was really overwhelmed with all the tech. But I did want to understand where what the blockchain is, what an NFT is. I wanted to understand all of that because I knew when I first uploaded my work that I needed to understand the basics. But it sounds like actually creating the NFT is a simple process. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's like any other learning curve to where like you're going to have to go through a learning process to learn the process. But anyone can actually do it. If you just follow like the steps in like my YouTube videos, I actually go step by step with easy to comprehend terms uh, with like a screen print walking you through this. But uh, if you were to go through something like that, like you wouldn't need like formal training in like a university or formal education to learn this stuff. These are things that people, if you just spend enough time on the internet with the right people mm-hmm. or reading the right information, I, I feel like anybody can do it. Okay, but most people aren't looking at how to upload an NFT right now. We're still early in the game. Okay. So now that this new artist has uploaded an NFT, how do they actually go about trading the NFT? Okay, so after you create your NFT, you have the option of putting it out on a market for NFTs to where other people can see it at. So one thing that I tell people who are joining the space of NFTs as creators is treat your NFTs like a business. Okay. So the first thing with the business, it it doesn't matter. Like if your business has like a really awesome product that like works really well and is better than everyone else's, if you don't have marketing to get your message out there to let people know about your product or your NFT, no one's going to know that they can buy it. Okay, just like when you go into a grocery store, like a lot of people window gaze, but a lot of things people really do is they go through that ad that they get in the mail or that Mm -hmm. they go online or whenever they walk in that that's marketing. And Mm -hmm. they'll usually make their choices based off that to see like a new product or something of that nature. And I feel like with like social media being like a free place to do marketing at I would say that would be the first place any artist wants to start at is with marketing their NFT. Okay, understood. So how can an artist actually differentiate themselves from other artists in the NFT space? Okay, so one thing that a lot of I would say outsiders of the NFT market or NFT space, like people that don't really know they they have this misperception that, oh, it's just a JPEG. It's just a picture like what's stopping me from saving it on my phone and having it without having to pay for it. So what I tell people and what I advise anybody who comes in the cryptocurrency space 
is to create a platform through your NFTs to where it's not just the JPEG. And one way that you can do that is you have the ability to access what we call unlockable content. Mm. So unlockable content gives you the ability to where like, let's say if you buy uh, one of my paintings that I actually uploaded as an NFT, after you buy it, you'll have what they call unlockable content that will be revealed only to the buyer. And mm. what I did is I sold a poetry book. So whenever they bought this NFT in the description and said, hey, like you're going to get a poetry book whenever you buy this, follow the unlockable content instructions to claim that. So once someone bought my NFT, they ended up contacting me based on the instructions I put in the unlockable content. And I sent them a PDF copy of my poetry book that I published. So when you're an artist or someone who's selling art, there's anybody can go on there and just sell a picture. But if you have that picture access something else, whether let's say it's it's another picture, it, it could be a, a completely another NFT. The unlockable content could be, let's say if I was a public speaker, like it could be an interview with you, but like, hey, like you could be on my podcast if you mm. buy this NFT. So so you can get really creative and use this in a lot of different ways, other than just like a, a one-way road where there's no like creativity kind of in a box. This is a very open space to where it's really limited to your creativity on how you can use this unlockable content to differentiate yourself as just being a JPEG. So Jason, recently, didn't you upload a NFT with an interesting item in the unlockable content? Yeah, I actually did. So I uploaded my my last painting that I did. It's mm-hmm. a painting of me and my dog. And we both have nunchucks in our hands so i thought that it was appropriate to kind of have that match my unlockable content so the unlockable content the person who buys that nft is going to get a pair of nunchucks (laughs) and then they're also going to get a a training video on how to use the nunchucks as well with also going to get a a 36 by 24 inch canvas of that picture so they're going to get nunchucks training to use the nunchucks and then a canvas with the painting on it in physical form. That way it's not just JPEG. So this is what you mean by being creative in regards to the unlockable content. You can literally have any deliverable as unlockable content. Yeah. You you could have a pair of socks if you wanted to. (laughs) Like like if you had like some socks that you really liked, or if if you had a socks with a a picture of your face on them, you can make that the unlockable content. It could be whatever you want it to be. And I'm so glad we touched on this because I think this is a part of the NFT space that people don't know or understand is this extra layer of unlockable content and how you truly can differentiate yourself from other artists by leveraging the unlockable content. Yeah, I agree. And that's more or less why I'm like integrating my business into NFT. So like, uh, and and you can do special things. So like with my number one product, which is Space Matrix 3000, it's an anti-aging serum. I'm selling NFT to where you'll get a one-year supply of this product at a 30% discount. Okay, so you're getting a huge discount that I I don't normally offer and you're getting a one year supply all at once if you buy the NFT. So you can do different things like that with your business. Same with like uh, a lot of my 
clothing that I sell at Nova J Cosmetics. I'm the artist for all that clothing. Mm -hmm. So because a lot of NFT is in the art realm, I was like all these paintings that I'm applying to clothes, I could sell them as an NFT and just the people who buy those NFTs can get the clothes that are related that are on my site. So there's a lot of things that you can do, especially when it comes to business integration. So let's dive a little bit more into business integration. Any tips or strategies you'd like to touch on? I, I would say make it favorable for people to want to get the NFT. So just like I said, so uh, I normally don't give out a 30% discount to people, but like if you buy the NFT, you can. And not only that, because it's based on the price of Ethereum, if Ethereum goes down in price, they're probably going to get a larger discount. So I would say you can do things of that nature if you're selling a product, but Let's say if you're selling a service, like let's say like a business master or even like a free consultation for like maybe like a lawyer, you could sell an NFT. I wouldn't say free, but like a, a consultation with someone. But you could sell an NFT and then have out like a schedule, like, hey, like we're gonna consult so many times over like the next span of whatever, and these are the services that you're going to get. And you'll get them at like a discounted price or or something special that differentiates it from being in the physical realm over to like the digital realm. Okay. And why would a business want to why would a business want to make that jump from the physical world into the digital world? Okay. So a lot of people have to see this. The way I try to explain this, especially people who are like in e-commerce, let's say you have an e-commerce store. Most people don't typically just sell on that one website. They have different outlets like Facebook. You can do your shopping on Facebook and connect your e-commerce store straight to that. Same with mm -hmm. Amazon or Etsy. It's a different outlet. So I would say try to see NFTs as just like another marketplace. So just how like mm -hmm. Amazon's another marketplace that you can sell your products or services that already exist. I would look at the NFT market as a very mirror like that. You're just accessing it a different way. Okay. Your membership is going to involve getting MetaMask and, and buying Ethereum to be able to participate on that market rather than buying a prime membership and then having to sign up and with like your login and all that other stuff. It's just a different market that you can access and funnel people back to your business or your services. Ooh, I love that. You're the first person I've heard to say that as well. So thank you for that reflection. So now tell us, how can the buyer use the NFTs that they have purchased? Okay, so the seller or the creator of NFTs has different options. Let's say you were just going to create an NFT and sell it. One thing to be cautious of is that if you don't define commercial rights or how the purchaser can use that NFT, the sky is going to be the limit. So they might take your artwork and go create a successful t-shirt business out of it or, or sell curtains based off your artwork and, and become a billionaire and then leave you hanging. Okay. So you can actually define what your commercial rights are that you are giving to somebody who buys your artwork and your unlockable content, such mm -hmm. as my poetry book that was sold with a, as a unlockable content for my NFT was already a published copyrighted book. It has an IBSN number. So that established the copyrights for me whenever they received that. So I didn't really have to write too much about that. 
But it, let's say you wanted them just to have the NFT or your unlockable content and that's it. You don't want them to have rights to reproduce anything out of that image. You would have to put no commercial rights transfer uh, to the purchaser of this NFT. Something to that effect that is short, concise, and, mm-hmm. and detailed specific. It's not vague. It, it can't be something to where if you tell 100 different people, they think 100 different things. Like, mm-hmm. like you tell 100 different people, they all need to think the same thing because once this is handed over to someone else, that's their NFT now. Okay. Okay. So if you don't want them to use it a specific way, you need to define that with clarity in your description, which you'll be able to fill that out however you want, whenever you create an NFT. Okay. Thank you for that. Because I know that's something that people are concerned with getting into the space as artists, especially is, well, what if somebody does uh, with my work? you set the parameters and boundaries around what they're able to do with the work from the beginning of the transaction. Correct. Okay. So let's switch gears now. Let's get into decentralized finance. Tell us, how does that world fit into NFTs? So decentralized finance, what decentralized finance means in like short is that there's not one person in charge that's like governing the system. So there's not a president there's not a CEO. There's not like a, a, a group of board members that represent the rest of the community. The entire community represent the decentralized finance communities that they're involved with based off their interaction. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and their interaction could be something as small as just like buying a cryptocurrency or doing something more complex like using a DAO or doing staking or, or yield farming. There's a lot of different things you could use in decentralized finance, but the key to it is that the community overall is controlling the direction and where these decentralized finance programs go rather than uh, one single entity affecting the rest of the community and the rest of the community doesn't have any say in it. And I think that's why people like entering the decentralized finance spaces because they feel that what they do and what they say matters and like the direction of how these programs are going to reflect back on them with benefits and et cetera. Okay. So what is a DAO? Okay. So a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization, which is community based on voting. Okay. So it's strictly surrounded around voting so uh one nft project that i actually like is dead devil societies we all call it dds but dead devil societies is a nft program to where they like to represent other artists other smaller unknown artists that are might be maybe trying to get off their feet but like they got really good art Mm -hmm. and they'll have the community who are their nft holders so if you own a dead devil society nft you have the right to vote on Mm -hmm. what artists are going to come in and work with Dead Devil Society as like a collaboration. Or let's say they also function with rewarding their NFT holders uh, through purchases and sales of other big art. So let's say they were like, hey, I want to buy a Board 8 Yacht Club NFT. Everybody that's an NFT holder would have the opportunity to vote on whether they're going to actually go through with that, which Dead Devil Society actually did do that with Board 8 Yacht Club. They bought one of their NFTs based 
mm-hmm. off their DAO function, the decentralized on autonomous organization, allowing the community or the NFT holders to decide through vote whether everyone wanted to do this or not. So it wasn't just the person that created Dead Devil Society that had to say everybody who held one of their NFTs has a say in the direction that they wanted this to move. I love that you brought in the community aspect of NFTs. For me, that's been something that I have been pleasantly surprised with over just three to four weeks that I've been in the space is how community driven it is. So Jason, can you touch on the community aspect of NFTs? So I would say community is very important. So in NFTs, me personally, if I were to get involved with a specific NFT project, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to look at the community, like how people interact. So let's say In a DAO, you have like leadership also, but if you have other members who are NFT holders, it's kind of to their benefit to help this team out who created this project to help grow the project. So let's say you join an NFT project and and you see that they don't have really good social media marketing, but they have a really good NFT project and, Mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that this project is successful. That way you can benefit off your position or holding of their NFTs. You could say, hey, like this is my skill. Like I'm a marketer. I'm really good with social media marketing. Like I have like all this production equipment to like do a podcast or radio show or or tailor videos. Can I use my abilities as a community member to apply to this project to help increase its visibility or or marketing capabilities. That way, more people know about it. More people want to buy these NFTs, which would push the process, I mean, the price of that NFT up. So, and and these things are usually done freely off like a volunteer Mm -hmm. basis, because let's say if you have a really strong community to where like 50% of them are offering free services to, to do all sorts of stuff. Like, let's say someone has a print shop and they're like, Hey, like I can make us all shirts. Mm -hmm. And someone else is like, hey, I got a marketing company. And someone else is like, hey, I I got a video production company. And all these people come together with like the team who created the project. They can build Mm. this project just like anyone would build a business. But your payoff isn't going to come in the form of like a a weekly paycheck. It's going Mm -hmm. to come in the form of increasing value of the NFT project, which if you're holding one, two, three, four NFTs, the prices of those will go up and and that's how you will benefit in in that Mm -hmm. way. And plus you'll also build relationships with other people and other NFT projects who will be like, Hey, this person helped this NFT project. Let's get them over here. And they might do you a favor and gift you a free NFT. Like I've had NFTs gifted to me on those premises, which again, if you're applying your work and your efforts and your expertise Most people don't expect to give those away for free all the time. So some people might reward you. But at the end of the day, I say the reward is going to come in you holding the NFT long term and and helping to increase the value of that project. That way, it's one of those things that the benefit is going to be applied on the community effort. If there's no community effort, I wouldn't expect that project to last very long. I wouldn't expect them to grow very fast either. But if I go into an NFT project and I start doing my own research and I see that there's just a, a bunch of people in the community who are just like volunteering to do this and that, 
I have a, a vision that they're probably going to do something very fast and last for a very long time. So it sounds like in the NFT space, there's room for everyone. You don't just have to be an artist or someone who wants to collect and trade NFTs. You can apply different areas of expertise to this space. Yeah, that's correct. I, I would say probably like almost any like product or service that most people provide professionally can be applied. Or even if you just want to get a message out, let's say if you were a personal trainer mm-hmm. and you wanted to sell training sessions, you could do that through NFTs as, as like being like the ticket. Just how like when you go buy like movie tickets and, mm-hmm. and when you buy those tickets, it allows you to see the film you could use NFTs in the same manner of, of doing things that you're already doing and, and just using the NFT as the ticket or the access gateway to, to get to your products and services that you're already doing professionally. Thank you for that. And then earlier in the episode, we touched on why you would actually want to do that. It's another avenue, another route, another platform, another gateway for the world to have access to you. Just this time, it's in the digital space. Yeah, it's just another marketplace. I just say, think of like a, another like store or something that you could sell your items at. It's just in a different place than people are used to. Okay. And so now I want to get into risk versus reward. Give us some feedback on this important topic. Okay. So risk versus reward. Most people need to understand, and, and this goes with cryptocurrency and NFTs and how I feel like people could really understand them is to look at them like a stock. So a stock is an appreciating asset that can go up in value, but it can also go down in value depending on what's going on in the market, how many people are buying and selling at like the same time and interest related. So with an appreciating asset, you have the ability to get a really high reward. Let's say if you buy an NFT, the first day it was created and put out on the market, you might be getting in very early, such as a Board 8 Yacht Club was selling for like 0.08 ETH. Now they're selling for like 40 ETH. Okay, Mm -hmm. so if you get into something early, you have a potential to have a very high reward if, you know, the community is doing what they're going to do to help build the project. And if people running the project are are like consistent with like making sure that they meet their goals that they say they're going to meet, like getting in early, you have a potential of getting a very high reward on an appreciating asset. But that kind of goes both ways. If you end up buying something, it could be timing of the market also. It doesn't necessarily have to be on like the the team or the project or the community. It could just be like in the time that the entire market starts crashing. You have to understand that these can depreciate and drop in price. So if you buy something for one price and let's say the market crashes or just that project hits a, a bump in the road, you might lose money while you're holding. But the thing that people need to understand is that You don't really lose that money until you make your final sell out. Mm. So when you're buying, you're holding your position and the price could be going down and going up, going down, going up. But until you actually sell that digital asset, you can't say you made money or lost money until that point. So that's why I feel like it's important for people to do a lot of their own research into the communities of the people who created the project. If you even like the art, because you got to understand that 
there's people out there that see the same way as you do. They have the same eye or perception. So mm -hmm. if you really like something based off like certain criteria of just like the image, then you have to assume that there's other people out there that have a similar perception. Mm, okay. That's excellent. Excellent feedback. Thank you. So we've touched on a few projects that you're involved in right now. Which one are you most excited about? I would say Dead Devil Society. They're, they're my favorite one primarily because they support other artists. And whenever, like, let's say if we were to find another artist to collab with, they pretty much do artwork that's similar to like the NFT project, kind of like in the similar poses. And once that artwork is accepted, they go and auction it off to where a certain amount of the proceeds are actually going to go to charity that the artists who they choose, they get to select what charity they want to send that proceeds to. Okay. And they also get a, a, a big cut out of that. And then the NFT holders or the community, they actually actually get a portion of that auction as well to go back to them so they can buy more art for their DAO project. So they have artwork that they're buying. So all their NFT uh, holders can benefit from whenever they sell, they're going to get a div of those cells, but they're also involving other artists to have a platform like a, a new uh, musician. They have to go out there and send demos and stuff to other people so they can get on like their, the radio show or, or on the record platform. That way they can use their platform to get noticed. And since it's already a well-known NFT project that's established, they have a community, they have an audience and let's say if a new NFT artist doesn't have any of that, they're kind of piggybacking off of theirs to gain exposure. And I feel that's really important because there's a lot of artists that are moving into the NFT space that have art that's been collected in their closets or their garage mm -hmm. for like 15, 20 years that they're just like, oh, I give up. I'm tired of taking these to markets and, and carrying physical pieces of art. I'm going to go ahead and convert these to NFTs. That way I don't have to carry any physical products filling up my closet or my uh, basement and I can actually sell them. And if I don't know how to sell them or how to market them, you can do a collaboration with the Dead Devil Society. And if they accept you, then you can use their platform to where they'll spread your message. The rest, a lot of the NFT holders like myself, I'll retweet those on Twitter to where like the NFT community is primarily at and talking at. So you, you get a lot of exposure for new people who wouldn't really know how to get that exposure, who don't have a platform, who don't have a large audience mm -hmm. who are interested in even buying NFTs. So we give them that platform. And again, they also work with the NFT holders to make money off of the NFTs that they're collecting. So like the Board 8 Yacht Club NFT that they purchased a little over a month ago, mm -hmm. whenever they sell that, the profits from that are going to be split among also to buy more art, but also to the NFT collectors. So everybody who has an NFT, they're going to get a specific div or dividend out of that sale. That's amazing. So how does someone get a hold of you or this group? I would say the best way, if you go on my Nova Jade Cosmetics YouTube channel and go to the Nova Jade Cosmetics, it's a Nova Jade Cryptocurrency and NFT Survival Guide is actually the playlist. Mm -hmm. And if you go through the first few videos, 
I actually walk you through step-by-step step how to set up a MetaMask, how to link that MetaMask with OpenSea, which is the NFT market. And I even go over the Dead Devil Society uh, project along with their white paper, which a white paper on NFTs and cryptocurrency is what most would know as like a business plan mm -hmm. in most business. So everything that you need to know about the project business-wise, you'll go through the white paper, which I go over and review off that. There's links to go to the Dead Devil Society website, their white paper, as well as the OpenSea market where you can buy them on the secondary market to get involved if that's what you wanted to do. Okay, thank you for that. So tell us what's next for you in the NFT space. I, I like, I would say I'm on a 50-50 is one is creating art. So I want to create artwork that's just my own paintings and, and drawings and things of that nature. And then I also want to focus on integrating my business. So my clothing side of my business and the cosmetic side of my business and as well as my, my published book. Okay, so for me, th those are a big chunk of what I want to do. But I also want to educate people. Because it, it's very early, like the beginning days of the internet, where like you were like, oh, like how do I even use a computer to access the internet? How do I set up a modem to even get internet? So I'm kind of, I want to be that bridge for people to help them navigate the NFT and cryptocurrency market with making them self-sufficient to where they know how to do their own research or they're not just following other people because that's the best way to get into a scam if you don't know what to look for. So mm -hmm. I'm educating to help people navigate and do their own research on their own because I feel that the best way for the NFT market to really benefit is to educate people on how to access these markets. Because if no one knows how to access these markets, like they won't know how to buy any of these NFT products that I'm selling. They won't know how to buy mm -hmm. any of my NFT art. Like they won't know how to access this market for anything that has to do with NFTs, which is going to hinder the growth, okay? And I want increased growth. Mm -hmm. And the, I feel the best way to increase growth at like a rapid rate is to increase education for the public who doesn't know anything about NFTs or how to access them already. Mm, thank you for sharing that. That is huge. And I truly believe that you are going to be someone that in a few years time, we look back on and we say, that was the person. Jason is the person that helped me get into the space. <laughs> and you're doing it now through your YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this episode today, make sure to go to YouTube and subscribe to Nova Jade Cosmetic and go to the playlist, Nova Jade Cryptocurrency and NFTs. Jason, as we wrap this episode up, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience today? I would like to say that if you want to get into NFTs, do it now. Just, just go ahead and dive in and, and start doing all your research, playing around with things like set up a MetaMask. Like you need to be physically involved to really get an understanding. It, I always try to tell people, don't be an armchair researcher to where like you're reading a book and getting all this awesome information, but like you don't use it practically in like reality. So mm -hmm. if you're going through my channel and, and you're learning like how to set up MetaMask and how to buy NFT, bring up your computer and follow along and do it. Cause that, that's the best way for you to learn. And, and you might be really good at this and you might spark an idea that I would have never thought of that could really change the game and make things grow faster than what I ever could. 
mm-hmm. because people have different capabilities. So, so I would say and encourage everybody to try to get involved at some level with NFTs hands on. Yes. My biggest takeaway from that was get connected and get involved. Correct. (laughs) Thank you, Jason, so much for your wealth of knowledge. I have a feeling this will not be your only episode on freedom with NFTs. I already know I'll be bringing you back because you'll have so much more to share with us. And that's all for today's episode of Freedom with NFTs. Thank you for listening to Freedom with NFTs. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Lauren Turton, and it's been an honor to show up for you in this format and support you on your journey in creating your own freedom with NFTs.